uh, alcohol. Is that something that, how, how badly does that affect your diet? I'm just curious for my, for my own, for a friend. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way. I'm asking for a friend of mine, actually. Uh, he's really curious. Drinks yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of keto or just lifestyle in general? Uh, keto. Well, I guess both. Uh, like for keto, like if you're trying to get on the ketogenic diet and you're trying to like get fat adapted, I would say your best bet is to limit as much as possible, especially mm. like beer, um, cocktails, things like that. They just have a lot of stuff in there that's going to throw you out of ketosis really fast. Mm-hmm. If you are going to have a drink or something, you can go with like whiskey, vodka, tequila, anything like that are pretty clean for the most part. They will kick you out of ketosis a little bit, but they're much cleaner and won't spike mm-hmm. it as much. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to this episode of The Formula, where we break down and explore the elements of health, wealth, happiness, and achievement with guests from all over the world. I'm your host, Trevor Carlson, and I'm really, really excited to share this episode with you guys today. I've been really pumped to uh, to share it since we recorded it. So let's, uh, let's rewind a couple months. Uh, I noticed I had a new follower on Instagram, uh, Dr. Brady Salcedo. And normally I don't click on everybody who follows me uh, or follows me on Instagram's uh, profile, but I started checking his out and I noticed he had a lot of great information about, you know, optimizing your mind and body for high performance, specifically through the ketogenic diet. And so I reached out to Dr. Brady and invited him to be on the show. So I'm, I'm really pumped that this week's guest is Dr. Brady Salcedo. He's a chiropractor from... Uh, from California, who also runs a company online called Neuro Lifestyle, or you can head over to theneurolifestyle.com. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. On this episode, Dr. Brady Salcedo and I talk about like what is the ketogenic diet. We all hear about all these new fads, these new diets in a box, uh, you know. And the, do any of us really actually know what a lot of it means? So we really dive into the science a bit behind the keto diet and try to understand why people feel so good while they're on the keto diet. Uh, What are some some quick tips to get on the keto diet or move move closer to it today? Uh, What what is intermittent fasting and what are the benefits of it? And really, what is the process for getting your brain and your body to operate at its highest capacity? So you can really be, you know, the, the best physically and mentally version of you. So really excited to share this episode with you today. Really excited that I had the opportunity to uh, sit down with Dr. Uh, Salcedo. I haven't butchered his name yet, so I'm really happy happy about that. Uh, but without me rambling on any further, let's get this show started. Let's talk about the keto diet and optimizing your health with Dr. Brady Salcedo. Brady, thank you so much for taking the time to show up on the Formula Podcast this week. And, you know, uh, when I reached out to you, I noticed you were doing a lot of like ketogenic posts on, on Instagram and it seemed like you're doing a lot of really interesting work in that area. And we hear a lot of, hear a lot of buzzwords. Like everyone's like, I'm on keto. I'm, I'm getting on that ketogenic diet. I'm hashtag keto. Yeah. Hashtag keto life, you know? So I, I feel like I have a general idea of what keto or the ketogenic diet is or ketosis, um, but maybe do you want to walk us through what what keto is or what that even means? <laughs> totally, totally. So keto or the ketogenic diet, keto would be short for ketogenic diet, is essentially a diet where you are essentially trying to get the body to become a better fat burner, essentially. And so the purpose is when we look at the systems of our body – the main way our body metabolizes energy is through these things called mitochondria. And your mitochondria are basically like your cells, batteries, if you will. And they really use two forms of energy. So if you think like the big macro picture, like you have your proteins, you have your carbs, and then you have your fats, right? Your mitochondria don't really use protein for fuel. That's just for building muscle and collagen and all that sort of stuff. But then when you look at sugar and fats, those are two energy sources that our mitochondria like to use to fuel our energy and fuel every process of the body. Now, what happens is if you give the body more carbohydrates, which break down into sugar or glucose, the body gets really, really good at burning sugar and glucose. It gets really good. So if you think of each one of them like a muscle, we get really good at burning one or the other. And especially with our standard American diet, 
60% of our diet, we've been told to have carbs, sugar, right? You want to have lots of bread, lots of pasta because your brain needs energy. You know, carbs are a great source of energy, right? That's what we've been told. I was even told that in, you know, as I was going to get my doctorate, you know, yeah, you got to do this, that is 60% carbohydrates. But then we find out that, you know, we're just getting so good at burning sugar that our body starts to lose out on its ability to actually burn fat. So the whole purpose of the ketogenic diet is to introduce a high fat, low carbohydrate diet into our body to train our body to start using that fat burning system better and more efficiently. So that's basically the ketogenic diet in a nutshell. Yeah. That's an interest. I, so I didn't even know that that's why I just knew it was like low carb. I didn't realize yeah. that, you know, you're basically training your body. I, I remember like the food pyramids, like whatever, 80% carbs or something like that. Yeah, exactly. or grains. And, uh, uh, I, I didn't realize that your body gets kind of trained just to burn, uh, burn carbs like that and, and sugar and just kind of like leaving the fat. And it's, it's interesting that you say that like your, your brain needs like the energy from the carbs and the sugar. Cause I've actually found it to be almost the opposite personally, where like the more carbs <laughs> I eat, the more I feel like I can't think straight. Is that, yeah, right? Is there, is there some actual like, uh, like science to back that up? Totally. Totally. So like the more you have like a high carbohydrate or a high sugar meal, let's say like, let's say you go out and let's say we go out and we just have like some Italian food. We have some pasta, we have some garlic bread, like it sounds delicious, right? And right. it tastes so good while you're doing it. But what happens is when you get that sudden spike of sugar from the carbohydrates, because carbohydrates essentially just load your body up and they break down into sugar in the body anyway. So as soon as your body gets this overload of sugar, it spikes your insulin. And insulin also spikes inflammation when you get too much of it. And so your brain is the most sensitive organ you have to inflammation. And so it's probably, you know, 20, 30 minutes after you have that high carbohydrate meal, all of a sudden your brain gets this wave of inflammation and all of a sudden you start feeling super tired. And as soon as that sugar comes down, you come down right there with it, which is why most people don't feel super great on a high carbohydrate, high sugar diet. They just don't have the energy. They're constantly fatigued. They don't have like the brain power they do which I think is part of the reason why a lot of people get hooked on ketogenic diet is because they do feel really, really good. They feel more productive. And that's what got me hooked on it personally is, you know, I wasn't looking at it for more of the weight loss. I had already lost all the weight initially, but I had gotten hooked on it because I was like, wow, I feel like super clear and focused throughout the day. And if I can keep this going 24 seven, I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Cause I, I went through the same process is, uh, I don't even remember how I got onto that diet in the first place, but I think somebody else must have done it. And I just noticed a change in their, their mood and their energy level. And I was like, damn, I want, I want more energy. Like I, I remember sitting at like, you know, sitting at my computer, getting that brain fog feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, this doesn't seem normal. Like, I don't know why this is happening. I feel like I'm eating what I'm supposed to be. I don't eat a lot of like sweets. Why is this going on? And then. I talked to this other person that had gone through that change and they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't eat, I don't eat like any grains, any bread, anything like that anymore. And they're like, I dropped like 10, 15 pounds in the first month, didn't really change anything else. And I just feel great. I'm in a much better mood. I feel like I can just go all day. I can do everything I want to do. And it's just a better lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So if somebody, I imagine that a lot of people come like when they talk to you about keto or they see your posts, they're like, man, that's great. But how do I even get started? Like what, what's the first step for really getting onto like a ketogenic diet? Yeah. The first steps really is to understand where you're getting your carbs from. So when you look at your, you know, this is a whole new type of eating, right? You know, when we talk about you know, something like paleo or something like that, there's certain foods that you just like, you have to get out right with a ketogenic diet it's a different animal altogether because you're looking at where are all the sources of carbs and sugars, which come in a wide variety of different foods, depending on what you're eating. Right? So we need to understand one, where are carbs coming from and diminish those as much as possible within reason. You're still going to get a little bit from your vegetables and things like that. And so the first step is obviously reducing your carbs as much as possible. And, you know, I think it helps to get some help and resources when it comes to the ketogenic diet personally, because there's a lot of nuances that come into play, especially as you go through the first couple phases, which I'll, I'll talk about in a sec. 
And then the other one is to understand where can you get good, healthy fats from? Because obviously you can get bad fats from, you know, like conventional butter or you can get it from McDonald's or things like that. You know, you can get bad fats out there. But the key is going to be finding where can I get my high quality fats that are going to give me energy. And then from there, you have this high car, you know, this high fat, low carbohydrate lifestyle that's going to essentially be kind of the kickstart to your ketogenic diet. And I think if you, those of you out there who are already starting or thinking about starting, you need to understand that your first couple of weeks on the ketogenic diet are not going to be the most fun out of all the diets out there. You're not going to get the immediate benefits right away. And I always say it's like when you go to the gym for the first time, you know, maybe after a couple months, like you're crushing in the gym, you're feeling great every time you go in. But the first couple of times you go in, you're super sore. Like you can't walk straight. It's hard to go to the bathroom for a couple of days because you can't sit straight. I mean, it's just like it's rough for the first couple of days. The same thing happens when our body, when we're retraining this fat muscle, we have to detox a little bit. We have to train these new systems. It's a little bit groggy. You're a little bit more lethargic, a little bit more of that brain fog, kind of like you were talking about. But then all of a sudden, it's like the haze gets lifted and then the clarity comes in, the energy comes in, and then you really start kicking it into high gear. Yeah, I like the I like the gym analogy because I'm, I'm like limping around a little bit today. But uh, it's, it, I think a lot of people get stuck on, like, even with the gym too, a lot of people get stuck on, they want like immediate returns, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, well, I, I stopped eating carbs or bread or, or, um, processed carbs for a week and I just felt terrible. You know, mm-hmm. like, and so I quit. It's like, well, maybe it takes a little longer than that. Like, yeah, exactly. Or they quit the carbs, but they don't get more fat in. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you just cut your carbs, but you don't get more fat in, mm-hmm. all you're doing is you're robbing your body of two energy sources that it needs, right? So the whole point of getting more fat is we need to give our body another energy source that it can use. And fat's a great energy source. It basically causes less inflammation than burning sugar does and actually gives you more energy per unit than sugar does, which is why people feel so amazing on the ketogenic diet, especially with you know their brain performance, is because it's low inflammatory response from the body. So it keeps inflammation nice and low, which is why people recover really well on the ketogenic diet, especially after workouts. And then also it's got tons of energy in it, which is really great. And it's also satiating. It's filling. So you're not as hungry. You're not going through these waves of insulin response and sugar response where like you're feeling like you have a craving every hour that you're not eating carbs. So it's just some of the main reasons why I love it. Do you have any quick ways to get, uh, get the, like uh, any, how am I, I'm trying to phrase this in a very specific way. What are some quick ways that you find to be easy ways to get like uh, good amounts of fat? Like, do you have any, oh, yeah. any quick snacks or anything like that that you make? Yeah. So for me personally, I use like right now I'm drinking a, the Bulletproof coffee. You oh, probably hell, that. Or like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Bulletproof coffee. All about that. So I use brain octane oil. And for those of you who like aren't sure what brain octane oil or MCT oil is, they're just different types of fat and both of them are very readily able to be used as energy for the body. And so when you put them into your stomach, they're already basically ready to be digested. So they get absorbed super fast and they get used for energy right away. Whereas something like coconut oil or butter gets burned a little bit slower. So when you combine the butter and the MCT oil, you get immediate energy from the MCTs, but then long-term energy from the butter. So that's kind of why Bulletproof is such an, like an amazing cocktail that I have every single morning and I use. So that's one of the first ways I get tons of fat in is from that. And usually when I have my lunch, first thing I have is like half an avocado. It's another way to get great fats in. And then also I'll drizzle like regular olive oil on there or I'll use um, MCT oils in my salad, things like that. And also I love fat bombs. Have you ever heard of those? Mm-mm. What's a so fat bomb? <laughs> a fat bomb. <laughs> it's like, what is that? Yeah. A, a fat bomb is essentially like a coconut oil dessert. So what you do is basically the way I make it is you put coconut oil into a pan, you put raw cacao in there. So not cocoa, not like the Hershey's cocoa or chocolate or anything like that. Not Hershey's syrup in there. You put coconut oil, cacao, and then I sweeten it with stevia. So it's still no sugar in there. And then you put them into like a little mold and you harden them and they become these like little desserts that actually fill you up. So at like the end of dinner, let's say you're still like just a little bit hungry and you want a little bit of sweet tooth, eat one of these things that are like maybe that big, but they fill you up right away and they taste awesome. Tastes like a Reese's essentially. You put like a little peanut butter in there too and it's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, I'll share my recipe with you and your listeners too. So you guys can have that. Yeah. Yeah, so his mouth is watering right now. Like, God, that sounds so good right now. 
So you, you said that you went to, you know, you went to medical school and they were, and they kind of were teaching you about, you know, eating a lot of carbs and, you know, that whole, the whole food pyramid, what, what we're typically taught in, in school about the, you know, your good diet, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Uh, how did you, how did you find out about the ketogenic diet and how did you really, like, what was your path getting into it? You know, it was interesting is I actually found out about the ketogenic diet through intermittent fasting first. So I had a buddy of mine, uh, Dr. Mike Vander Sheldon. We went to school together. He wrote a book on intermittent fasting. And so I saw the results he was getting with intermittent fasting and just like aesthetically. And I was like, man, I want to, I want to look shredded like that. Like that sounds, that sounds good. So I started intermittent fasting with the whole purpose of losing weight. And then I started to notice during my fasting period, I was feeling like really, really good. Like I just had tons of energy without eating breakfast and like, which is like counterintuitive because I used to be that kid who like, if I didn't have breakfast, I'd be like shaking all day. Mm -hmm. But that was because I was so sugar dominant. I hadn't trained my fat burning system. And so I started learning that during this fasting state, right after like 10 to 12 hours of fasting, your body already gets into ketosis because it's burned through all its sugar. And so I started looking into this. I'm like, man, how do I keep my body in ketosis 24-7 if I feel that good on ketosis? And then that led me towards the ketogenic diet, which is why you'll, you'll often see a lot of posts or a lot of people who do intermittent fasting and keto because intermittent fasting is kind of a perfect way to segue right into keto. And keto helps your body stay in ketosis even after you've broken your fast, which is why a lot of people like it. Also helps you get through the keto flu a little bit quicker because it just helps your body burn ketones a lot faster. So I actually found out about three intermittent fasting and that's how I stumbled upon keto. Yeah. So if I understand correctly, intermittent fasting is just basically you. All right. So this is going to be my non-medical <laughs> definition, but it's when you essentially uh, don't eat for a specific period of time with the intention of training your fat burning system and it's and it's good for your body because uh you are uh i don't know f finish that sentence for me <laughs> yeah so essentially you know like i'll give a little backstory but the main reason we found out about fasting like you've heard about like fasting in like you know the biblical times or even like throughout history they've done fasting for religious reasons and all sorts of stuff but what we found is that like fasting is actually really, really good for the brain. So some of the main benefits they saw was actually in epileptics whose seizures started going away because they were fasting. And so we find that there are like some substantial benefits to fasting. But let's be honest, nobody wants to fast for 24 to 48 hours or even, you know, any more than we have to, right? Like I hate skipping breakfast. Like that's already like enough for me to skip breakfast, right? So like I don't want to I don't want to fast all day. But what we found is that you can actually strategically plan your eating within an eight-hour window, and it allows you to get all the benefits of fasting. So yes, like it helps your body get into ketosis faster, but also it stimulates a process in the body called autophagy, which is basically your body's natural detoxification system, which is actually when your body, now that it's not having to use energy to digest your food, which takes energy to digest and break all that down – it then uses that energy to say like, let's go through the body and like, let's just like clean house. Let's see like what cells are kind of sick and damaged and let's basically signal them to like destroy themselves, clear it out and actually like keep the good healthy cells. That's what autophagy really is. And so it stimulates that, does some amazing things for your brain, actually stimulates human growth hormone. So there's some pretty like substantial benefits that happen, which is why people don't lose muscle while they intermittent fast. And so intermittent fasting is basically kind of like hacking the system in a way you don't have to fast for a full day but you can just plan your eating within a certain window and allows you to get all the benefits of fasting without getting hangry essentially <laughs> yeah and hang hangriness is never good for anyone 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 especially me <laughs> right right yeah i i was uh i was i just recently got back from uh traveling over in europe and i don't ever remember feeling hangry but i was i was like <laughs> All right, or previously before my trip and I was walking, uh, I was walking somewhere. I, you just walk everywhere while you're there. And I remember being like really grumpy. And I'm like, why am I grumpy? I'm like in the middle of Europe on vacation. And I sat down like a half hour later and I ate this like huge meal. And then I, I felt fine. I'm like, oh, okay. That's hangry. I'm like, okay. I get <laughs> it. Now. Like. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I do get a little hangry just like everyone else. <laughs> Everybody does. Right. So your, your business that you run, um, focuses a lot on, you know, eating healthy, really, um, cultivating a healthy lifestyle. It's called Neuro Lifestyle, correct? Correct. Okay. Correct. Do, you, do you want to walk me through what you do at Neuro Lifestyle? 
Yeah, for sure. So actually, you know, I'm a full-time chiropractor. I'm a full-time mm-hmm. doctor. So we're seeing patients full-time and the neuro lifestyle is really just a passion project for me. And now it's kind of blending more into like a self-improvement lifestyle, which is why we talk about fasting. We talk about the keto diet. We talk more about how do we optimize our brain body connection? Like how do we make this brain a super brain and how do we allow our brain to become like our biggest asset to do whatever it is we want to do? in life. So a lot of my passion is just providing training and education and just as many resources as possible just to help people get better control over this. Cause like who doesn't want to be more productive? Who doesn't want to have more energy? Who doesn't always want to be continue to grow and develop and get better and better. And the key to be able to do that is having a brain that can keep up with you and can do all those things. So you can learn faster, be more productive and just get more out of life, right? And to be happier, be more motivated. And that's all neurochemistry. And so for me, my passion is providing as many tools and upgrades. This is what I call them as possible to help people do that. And that's what the neuro lifestyle is all about. Yeah. So if somebody, if you're working with someone for the first time and they're asking you for advice on how they can And I'm mostly just asking selfishly for myself, but how they can like, (laughs) how they can get started, um, for lack of a better term, hacking their, hacking their brain or hacking their, their productivity or their growth. You know, where would you start with them? And what does that process look like to really get to that like optimal, uh, functioning level? Yeah. So for me, I think the first step is understanding like what in your lifestyle is not serving you right now. So for some people, maybe they're working out really well and they're like doing doing great in that specific category, but they're really kind of slacking in terms of like their diet. You know, they really need to start changing things up. Maybe they just heard this podcast and they're like, you know, I kind of want to try this fasting or this keto. But maybe let's say somebody's really on that, but they're not on their exercise. Like they need to kind of look at those two. And then you get into the whole other animal of, you know, like the personal development side. What's going on in your internal dialogue? What are you doing in terms of like how you start your day, how you end your day? So there's so many different facets of it. So I always say like, let's tackle the big thing first because as soon as you tackle the big one or even just like even the little ones, as soon as you start tackling those steps, you know, it triggers this response to the brain that allows you to tackle those others. But if you look at the whole thing and go, oh my God, I got so much to work on or where am I going to start? It's a huge animal. But if you just say, let's just tackle this one thing first, let's tackle, you know, fasting, let's get started changing my diet. You just tackle that one by one and we can start working through the systems together and then we create this lifestyle around that's now serving you and it's continuing to help you adapt and change. So I wish there was a easier way to say it, but it's kind of like you just got to figure out because everybody's individual, right? Everybody's different. So what works for you may not work for somebody else. And it's just finding like what's what's the big kind of missing link for you that's going to help trigger you into your next step. Like what's kind of not serving you right now? And maybe for you, maybe your diet, maybe it's your exercise, maybe it's the mental side of things, but we'll, we'll figure that out and see what's going to serve you best. Okay. So once, once you have that sorted out, so you kind of, you kind of figure out what's serving you, what's not serving you, what's, I'm trying, maybe it's best to pick one of those and say, okay, well, I've found out that since we're talking about keto, I found out that it's my diet. Where do Mm -hmm. I go from there? From there, well, one is we provide like training for the keto diet. And so then we get you started on the ketogenic diet, get you rocking and rolling on that. So that'd be kind of like the first step is like, all right, let's get you wired in on that. And that usually will take a couple weeks, if not to like a month and a half, right? Because the ketogenic diet is a little bit of a process for that. And then the big thing that I see, especially with the ketogenic diet, especially is, you know, everybody's different in terms of what your goals are and what your lifestyle is after you become what we call fat adapted. So after three to four weeks, your body gets good at burning that fat and you get what we call keto adapted or fat adapted. And so from there, then there's tweaking that needs to take place. And so if somebody were to see my diet now, they would go, all right, well, he's not keto 24 seven. Well, I'm also doing high intensity exercise like six days a week. You know, I'm very active. I need slightly more carbohydrates than most people. But that's just the tweaks that we need to make because everybody's individualized. We don't want to get stuck in the diet box too. So I think that's really, really important. And so we definitely start there. And then from there, you know, especially if like, let's say we start with the ketogenic diet for most people, it's let's try fasting. Let's see if your body handles that well. And let's see if you like that. And then from there you start intermittent fasting. And then we start looking at what other supplements can we start implementing And then it's all based around what that person's goal are. So let's say for you, it's like, I I do want to be more productive. Okay, well, let's see what kind of things we can do in terms of other aspects of your diet that's going to give you more energy to be more productive. Keep your brain clear so that you can just get focused and more concentrated every single day. Okay, so got the diet sorted out and we're we're eating, we're eating well. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, so I've, I've, you know, I'm full on keto after a month and a half. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> where where do you go from there? Like with uh, is there specific types of exercises or uh, habits or routines for on the on the what do you call it the professional or sorry personal development side of things? Yeah. So for in terms of like exercise, like I one of the one of the biggest posts that I did was on what's the best type of exercise for your brain, and I actually got a ton of responses on that one because I think a lot of people are curious, like what's going to be the best exercise for my brain, and so. In terms of like maximizing your brain power, especially to get the most out of your brain, it's going to be two. It's going to be your aerobic exercise and your high intensity exercise. Those are going to be the two there. And so, you know, high intensity exercise stimulates BDNF production. BDNF is brain derived nootropic factor. And essentially what it does is it makes your brain more neuroplastic. It makes it more changeable, more adaptable and more resilient to stress. So BDNF is a really powerful brain protein and high intensity exercise stimulates that, but it also stimulates tons of fat loss, ramps up your energy, your metabolism, really powerful there. So the other aspect of that is going to be your aerobic training and aerobic training actually stimulates the production of more brain cells helps detoxify the body, increases your aerobic capacity, which transfers to all other sorts of exercise. So for most people, I say you need to have at least at the bare minimum of the aerobic and high-intensity training. So for me personally, I do high-intensity training three to four times a week. The other days I'm doing aerobic training, like running, rowing, hiking, things like that. And then from there, depending on what your goals are, if you want to you know, look more chiseled and have a you know, different physique, then you start adding in the resistance training to kind of like build the temple, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Okay. So when you're saying high intensity, you're talking about like high intensity interval training. You're talking about, you know, you're talking about more of like the, when I hear that, I think of like CrossFit type of stuff where it's like circuit yep. training Yep. and then exactly. aerobic, you kind of gave some examples of that running, biking, rowing. And then, um, the other, the, um, so help me, help me, um, break this down a little bit. So do you have a recommendation on the number of days or times per week per type of workout? Because you said high intensity, aerobic, and then the, is that anaerobic or is that building the building the temple? Is that anaerobic exercise? Yeah, so the resistance training? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Yep, exactly. So what I always tell people, one of the best things you can get is an HRV technology, whether it's on your smartwatch or your Apple watch, or even if you like the chest strap, which is what I use. We actually take it in our practice as well. So I've, I think HRV is going to be like a critical piece in understanding, especially in the beginning, because some people have a tendency to overdo it on high intensity training. High intensity training is very metabolically demanding on your body. And so for someone who's doing high intensity training in the beginning, they may only be able to tolerate like one to two days a week of high intensity training, especially if you've never done it before. Like one of the simplest ways I say, you know, to train your high intensity training is go out. And this is the simplest workout I can give you is you just run 30 seconds as hard as you possibly can. Now, obviously, warm up before, you know, do all this, all this stuff, <laughs> stretch, do all that stuff. But like you run 30 seconds as hard as you can and then rest for a minute and a half. So you have this two minute window, 30 seconds, you're sprinting like as hard as you possibly can. Like you're getting chased by a lion. You rest for a minute and a half. And then on the two minute mark again, you do it again. Do four rounds of that and tell me how you feel. And if you've never done high intensity training before, people will feel wrecked. Like it is so demanding on your system and on your body. By the time you get to that fourth one, you're like, no more. Like I'm, I'm done. And you'll find like recovery is a little bit more challenging for that because it does take a lot of energy for the body to do that. And so we use HRV for heart rate variability. If you don't know what that is, is basically analyzing your nervous system to see how well it's recovering to the stress that you're putting on it. It's the simplest way I can put it. And they have them on watches and it'll basically give you a score. So let's say you do your high intensity training. The next couple of days, you may be getting a low score on your HRV because your body's still trying to heal and recover, right? But as soon as you have a high HRV score, that lets you know you can go out and crush it. You can go out and crush your run, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. So what we do is we use HRV as kind of like a monitoring monitoring system And I use it on myself personally because I have a tendency to overdo it because I love working out. I use it as kind of like a self-check-in to say like, is this a good day to work out or is it not? So even this morning, I took my HRV and I'm low on my HRV. I got a low score today. So even though I want to work out really hard today, I'm not going to because I need to let my body heal and recover. So we use that as kind of a monitoring. So for today, like today, I'm going to do like a nice long run. Just let my body kind of flush out and recover a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah. So HRV is... Heart rate variability. Okay. That's what I, I, so I thought I just wanted to make sure that, uh, <laughs> we, we'd clearly define that. So when you're, when you're talking about 
uh, hit training essentially is like, so I, I got really into that probably a year and a half, almost two years ago, uh, some, somewhere in there. All this, all, everything starts to run together at some point in time. Uh, I just, it's all a blur. I blacked yeah, out. I yeah. I blacked out. I don't know. It's all that hit training. I can, can remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember the very first day I went in, I was like, I'm in okay shape. You know, I can run, I can bike. I think I made it 11 minutes. And then, then the guy who was training class, he was like, well, I can't have anyone die in here. So I think you're done for the day. I'm like, oh, I was just like laying on my face. Like, is this, is this, is this for real? But, uh, you know, after working up from like, you know, I think I made it like 15 minutes the second time and working your way up. I think once you get to like a point where you can actually go hard for like 45 minutes or a half hour, however long, it's like one of the most rewarding things you can do because you just, I feel like your whole body just gets kind of flushed. Right. Totally. Totally. And I'm sure you probably noticed a difference like in your energy being able to do that longer too, huh? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because like, I didn't feel like I got a lot. I mean, I got a little bit stronger doing it, not a lot stronger, but I just, you know, I think if you want (laughs) to just shameless, or I don't know if shameless, I don't know, something like that. If you want to look like if you want to look like you're in really good shape and you don't really want to do a ton of like powerlifting or anaerobic exercise, I think hits just like a great way to like get, get really, really tone. Totally. And it's great for when you're on the ketogenic diet too, because high intensity training helps your body create more ketone receptors. So it helps you burn fat better, which can help you get more fat adapted quicker. And especially if you're doing it on the ketogenic diet, you're just going to burn loads of fat why do it so it's a great supplement to the ketogenic diet as well right so walk me through a little bit of uh like what ketones are because i've heard you mention them a few times and uh one other quick little tangent i i see a lot of these like uh, mlm things popping up where it's like oh yeah buy ketones i'm like wait why do you why do you want to buy ketones i don't so maybe (laughs) explain me what ketones are and and yep. if I should be, you know, signing up for one of these MLMs and, <laughs> and getting the monthly box or whatever. Actually, now that you mentioned I'm part of an MLM, I love oh, to sign up. Oh, oh, mine, actually. <laughs> did you want to? Did you want to uh, take me interview. to? Uh, yeah. Did you want to take me to Panera Bread and and tell me about your new business that is actually your MLM? <laughs> All you got to do is find three people, and we're going to be set. Yeah. Okay. You find three people. It's perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no. So ketones are essentially when. You have fat, let's say fat gets broken down into ketones. So same when you have like carbs or sugar, they get broken down into glucose. It's like basically the building block for your fat, essentially, and ketones build into fat. And one of the most common ones that you'll have in your body is something called beta hydroxybutyrate, which is BHB. And ketones are essentially what your body breaks down, and that's what's used as fuel. That's why it's called the ketogenic diet, because you're trying to help your body produce more ketones, essentially. That's why it's called the ketogenic diet. Now, the whole thing you're seeing with like ketones out there and exogenous ketones, they're basically broken down fat that are bounded to like a salt. So they'll be bound to like magnesium or calcium or something like that that makes it a little bit more palatable. And that allows you to like put into a powder and make it taste like lemonade and all sorts of different stuff, right? And essentially the whole purpose of that is to give your body more ketones so that it can start burning fat more efficiently. And there's many different reasons why you'd want to use it. My my big thing with this is it's always sold most often as a weight loss product and I don't like that because I think that's very misleading for people because yes, it does help your body burn fat but that does not mean your body's going to be burning its own fat because you imagine if you're putting fat into your body and your body's burning that fat, how can that mean it's burning your body's own fat if you're putting more fat in for your body to use, if that makes sense. So the main reason I help people or teach people to use exogenous ketones is especially during your keto flu window. So like that initial phase where you're trying to get more fat adapted, the best way to help your body get more fat adapted is to help it use more ketones, which is why exercising on the ketogenic diet is so, so, so important because it helps your body create more of those ketone receptors so your body uses ketones better and it gets you fat adapted or keto adapted quicker when you put in exogenous ketones or when you drink this drink of ketones it's doing the same thing it's giving your body more ketones to burn it's going to give you more energy so you're not feeling so lethargic 
And then, uh, you know, as you go through life, like I really don't use exogenous ketones much anymore every once in a while, but it's really just kind of like a nice way to just get more energy. Let's say if you're intermittent fasting or, um, if you just want like a little pick me up instead of having the caffeine, you can use exogenous ketones, things like that. So if you'd like to sign up for my MLM, um, (laughs) I'll just send you like a quick email real quick and we'll get you, we'll get you started. Oh yeah. No, I, I think you sold me on it. So is it, is it under $800 a month or is, or am I going to have to take out a second mortgage to afford this one? Definitely the second mortgage. Oh, okay. All right. Well, once I, once I get my friends and family to all sign up, then, you know. We'll yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Back on track. Yeah, uh, what were we talking about? All right. God damn it. ML, uh, <laughs> just reminded me of an inside joke that I have with another friend of mine where like, I, I get people reach out all the time. They're like, I, I got this idea for business. I want some feedback. And whenever it's Panera Bread, it's always like Amway or some MLM. <laughs> so then they'll be like, hey, you, can I take you to Panera and buy you a coffee? And I'm like, is this an MLM? And now now people are like, no, no, it's, it's not. No, it's no, not. No. It's an opportunity. It's, an, it's, it's my, I'm starting my own business. I'm like, no, <laughs> you had to pay someone to start this business. So it's. That's not, that's actually not true. That's not this is. Yeah. That's not what this is. So, so how, how does this information, like with diet and exercise, how does that affect your, uh, like your, your chiropractic practice? So this is just like another supplement for our patients. So we use this, like all our patients get all my resources and my training for free because obviously they're getting, you know, care in our office. So for our patients, it's just another way to kind of help them out and to give them more information because, you know, within our time in our practice, there's only so much that I can do to help them, right? Without spending hours and hours, you know, of doing the research and walking them through and educating them. So it's a great way for most of our patients now when I see them in the office and we see most of our patients on a regular basis to be able to go, hey, here's going to be a resource for you. Just use this training tool that I created. You know, we have like a keto course, a fasting course. Now we're going to have a neuroplasticity course. You know, we got all these different courses. It's like, just go take it. Go take it. You can learn yourself. You have questions, come back. And so we use that as kind of a helpful supplemental resource because if we're not changing our patient's lifestyle, then what I do is only going to be, you know, surface level, right? Mm-hmm. It's like teaching somebody to fish versus handing them the fish. And that's essentially what I want to be able to do is to help teach them how to create a lifestyle that's going to keep them healthy long term. Yeah, that's really important. I, I feel like I heard something recently on like a, the Joe Rogan podcast or whatnot. He was interviewing a some cert, famous surgeon and he said something along the lines of, you know, they bring in all these people that that's already too late. Like they have to, you know, you're, you're basically teaching, like a lot of people are just like not taking care of themselves. And by the time they're having issues, it's like, you know, now they have to have emergency surgery or some type of surgery. Whereas if they were taught a little bit earlier about some lifestyle changes that they could have made, mm-hmm. then, you know, they wouldn't have those types of challenges that they're having now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I even think of, you know, I haven't shared this on a podcast before, but I grew up not really knowing my grandpa that well. Like we were really close and then he got arrested when I was really young and we just didn't really have a great relationship for a while. And then by the time I got into college, we actually started reconnecting and we got really, really close and was this in this like year span that I started getting really close to my grandpa again. And, you know, like during this time, if you haven't talked to your grandpa in years and you haven't really connected, like you want to reconnect, you want to like rekindle this relationship. You know, we're talking about girls I was dating in college and starting to rekindle like that relationship. And it was awesome. And then like three months later, we found out he had cancer and he was gone. Right. And so I think about those scenarios where, you know, a lot of times you don't think about it in the meantime and you're like, oh, you know, this is just, you know, I just want to eat whatever I want. But you don't think about the future lifestyle that you want to live. Like, do you want to be able to travel? Do you want to be able to like run with your kids? Do you want to be able to hold your grandkids? Do you want to be able to do and have all these amazing experiences you can't do that if you don't have your health. And I think that's like a very often, you know, overlooked thing. And so now I think to myself, like, I want to make sure I'm healthy so that like I can be that crazy grandpa, like 70 years old, who's like, you know, throwing gainers off the diving board or like going <laughs> snowboarding, you know, like that's how I want to be. Cause I've seen people who are like that. And I've seen, you know, grandparents who have been able to do that and parents who've been able to do that. I was like, I want to be that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you are on the exact same page with that then, because that's, and I, I feel like I could take out that clip and just make it like the promo for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But it's it's so it's refreshing to hear that because I don't 
I don't hear a lot of people thinking about things that way, not just with health, but just your life in general. It's, it's like, um, you know, like several, like five years from now, what decision would I wish I would have made today? 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And thinking about it in that way is like, you know, you're not, you're not guaranteed that next 30 years. So like, what about five from now? What would you wish you would have done? What about a year from now? And, and I think applying that to health is so important because, you know, I, I can think of tons of even parents or grandparents or people even slightly older than I am that, you know, that are having some health issues or some mobility issues. And they kind of have this mindset where they're just like, well, that's just the way it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, it doesn't have to. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you can find one person in the world that has overcome that mobility issue at your age or older or a worse one, and you can maybe learn from them how they did it, or maybe follow some of the keto stuff or start getting into like the hit training or just moving, you know, I think it's all, it's all a uh, perspective and thinking about it from like, where do you want to be versus where you are now? It's a bigger, it's a bigger picture. It's, you know, I always say I'm not a, like, I'm not trying to start a keto cult, right? <laughs> like I'm not trying to start like this, this mission where like everybody needs to be keto. If you're not keto, I don't want to talk to you. Like there's people who find me on Instagram and will like bash like my keto posts and stuff like that. Cause they're like paleo or like they're on some other diet. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, do you feel great? Like, are you able to live the life that you want? Like that's the ultimate goal. Like I don't teach these things and I don't teach intermittent fasting because like I joined some club or I joined an MLM or like I joined this cult of fasting and keto like that's not why i do it i do it because it helps me live the life that i want to live and if paleo helps you do that great like i've just done the research on keto and i like what the research is saying and i like how it helps me and how it's helped my patients and that's kind of where we're going it's the bigger picture of health is your vessel to be able to do the things that you want to do in life it's not it's not the religion it's not the cult right yeah yeah and i i remember there was some some doctor somebody smarter than i am that said something along the lines of you know, it doesn't necessarily matter. Like there's a lot of diets out there that will work, but it's more a matter of just getting into like eating healthier and moving more. And if you just, you find a program that works for you, whatever it is, and you just stick to it, like yep. you're going to have a lot better of a lifestyle. Like, you know, I hear I, one of the things I hear people say all the time, which makes me kind of roll my eyes. They're like, well, you know, you're going to die someday for some, from something. I'm like, well, oh my gosh. I'm like, well, here's the thing is like, if I'm still here in 80 years, I want like a good quality of life, you know? Uh, so I, I, I hear that all the time. I'm like, I'm like, I, I understand what you're saying, but do you want to be like, you want to be like bed bound when you're still around? Like, what, right. do you, what do you want it to be like when you're, when you're still here? Yeah. What's that? What's that quote I've heard? Um, gosh, it's saying something like most of you who neglect their health for their wealth, end up spending the later part of their life using their wealth to get back their health. So something along those lines, it's like the same thing. But I even think even in the now, you know, like how many people are out there wishing they were happier? How many people are out there wishing they were more motivated? How many people wish they could like just think more clearly, have more energy, things like that. Your diet makes such a huge difference into your neurochemistry, right? Like all the feelings that you have are neurochemistry. Like how much harder is it to make a decision when you're unmotivated? How much harder is it to be happier when like you have no energy, right? Or like to do those things you want to do to overcome fear when you have no energy to be able to do those things. That's all neurochemistry. And so if you're letting those become excuses for you not being able to live the life that you were meant to live or like from not fulfilling your purpose, then you can't use that line, right? You can't say like, oh, we're going to die sometime because now your diet is affecting you from living your full potential. It's affecting you from living your purpose. And now that's affecting all the people that you interact with in your community who need who you are, right? That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and it's, and it's and it's almost like you are you're taking that away from people in your future. Like you're taking you away from people in your future. Like you're like you said, you want to be doing. I I love that quote. Uh, I want to be throwing gainers off the high dive when I'm seventy. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, <laughs> it's like when you can't do that when you're fifty or in your late forties or whatever, and you have kids and grandkids. Like you're taking that experience away from them. It's not just you anymore. It's it's your effect. You how you take care of yourself and how you show up affects everyone around you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, and I'm really enjoying this conversation because I feel like it went from like diet and exercise to like just like 
just being the most badass, best version of yourself you can be. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's my mission. That's what I'm all about. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that, is that like your motto at your chiropractor uh, clinic? You know, just like, just be the badass version of you or something like that. Yeah. Reconstructing the badass version of you. <laughs> that's our motto. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a great motto. Uh, so I'm going to change that right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Let me order a sign, throw it up, make a uh, giant neon letters, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Hanging right outside our window. <laughs> right. Maybe you can start an MLM with that with that uh, with that tagline. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so that that pretty much wraps up uh, like the first part of the interview. So the last part is really like some of the questions I ran over with you before. Uh, nice. So you, I know you've kind of talked a lot about like the different types of exercises, the personal development stuff. But is there anything that you do on a you try to do on a daily basis that you feels like feel like? Let me rephrase that. Is there anything that you do on a daily basis that you feel like helps you to, you know, show up as the best version of you or, or win your day? Yeah, for me personally, and this is going to sound really cheesy and really funny, but like when I start my morning, the first thing that I make sure that I do is I set the intention or like the tone that I'm going to do the things that I'm uncomfortable doing. Okay. And one of like the first steps to doing that. So that like I teach my brain, that like I will do the hard things no matter what is taking a cold shower in the morning. Oh, yeah. Which sounds super funny, but like it really is true. Like there are so many times because I always do it. I'll start my hot shower. I'll do my stuff and then I'll sit in a cold shower for, you know, a minute or two and Mm -hmm. let my body acclimate to the cold. And I tell you what, every single time that I've neglected to do that where I've just been like, oh, you know, the hot water feels so good. Like (laughs) it feels so nice. I just like this so much. It's cold outside. It just always seems like when the day comes around, like I'm just a little bit more lazy, like I'm just not as motivated, you know, like I'll kind of like cower away from doing the things that I know I should do. Maybe I'll skip my exercise for that day. But when like I set the intention that like no matter what, even though I don't want to do it and I do it anyway and I complete that cycle of action, it just sets the tone for the rest of the day that like no matter what, I'm going to continue taking other steps that I know are going to keep pushing me forward, even though I don't want to do them. And that's like one of the most important things, as cheesy as it sounds that I do every single day just to make sure I set that intention for the day. Yeah. I've taken a few cold showers myself. That was actually part of my routine for a period of time. And it's always like, you kind of have to mentally prepare as you're turning the knob. You're like, all right. And then it, then it kind of hits you and you're just like, like the initial, like it's the, you'll know what I'm talking about. The listeners who haven't done it, but that initial like cold, like after you've already been in the warm shower for a while and that initial cold blast hits you, you just want to like, just want to shut it off and like get out. But if you can make it through the first like 15 seconds, at least for me, then it's like not that bad. Just focus on your breathing. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's the only one. It's like, that's why, uh, I don't know if you heard the Wim Hof method. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's basically the same thing. That's why he does like, you know, focus on your breathing and get more control. But it's like the first time I started doing it without knowing anything about the Wim Hof method, it was just like, as soon as that cold water came out, I was just, (laughs) 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 Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Just pure panic. And then it was like, all right, if I just focus on my breathing, we're all right. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I, I was actually, uh, focusing. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. I do that as well. I, so I'm, I'm slightly ca- claustrophobic. And when I was in Europe, we went to this like, uh, castle, uh, in, in Czech Republic, uh, t- a town called, uh, Kutnahara. And they, um, they have like a medieval mine there. So I'm claustrophobic. And so I'm, we're going down this like long staircase and I'm just like, just like breathing the whole way down. Then you like get down there and it's like, like this, <laughs> like, it's like very tight and you're like kind of bent over and you're just like, all right. And you're just like, if you just keep breathing though. It's fine. Like once you, as long as you keep doing that, that first, like, you know, then it, it like actually it, even claustrophobia, like calms it down after a while. And then once mm-hmm. I was. Once I was adapted to it, then I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. Oh, that's so, all right. Yeah. Not thinking about the walls closing in on you anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So focus on your – it's a good takeaway. Just focus on your breathing when shit's just hitting the fan and, and everything will be fine. And everything will be good. You'll be all right. Right. All right. So favorite, uh, favorite or most impactful book that you've read? Most – I'd say – I'd say I'll give you the most recent one, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Hmm. By Vishen Lakniani, he's the founder of Mind Valley. Oh, okay. I'm familiar one with Mind Valley. One of the best books that I've ever read, hands down. All right, hands down. Just kind of like the way he lays that book out, and is everything that I've always thought, and he just put it into like 
super clear action steps on how to take control of like your mind, how to set up categories and things that you'll stand for, what you won't stand for, how to like break the rules. It's just an awesome, awesome book. I like the sound of that because it's, it's different. Uh, I actually, typically when I ask that question, I get a lot of very, either books that I've heard of or books that somebody else has recommended or another guest has said, but I've never heard that one uh, suggested. So nice. nice. Nailed it. Nice. Win for Dr. Brady. Uh, <laughs> Crushed it. So uh, one of the last questions, you know, is there, a, is there a message that you'd like to leave our audience with today? Yeah, I think it's right on the, the second section that we were kind of talking about this podcast interview is your lifestyle more of an impact in your life than you really than you recognize. So take it. Take control of every aspect of your lifestyle and upgrade every aspect of your lifestyle and you'll crush life. <laughs> that needs to be on a poster. Uh, I should. I just make that one little long post <laughs> format. So, uh, if anybody wants to check out any of your, any of your, let's say your Instagram or you know any, any of your, any of your work you do at Neuro Lifestyle, how would Neuro? God, I, I need to work on my grammar. Uh, Neuro Lifestyle. <laughs> uh, how would, how would they find that information, or where do you suggest that they go? You can find me anywhere on social media at Dr. Brady Salcedo and then the neurolifestyle.com or you can type in drbradysalcedo.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this week's show. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Formula and another big thank you to Dr. Brady Salcedo. I had a lot of fun talking with him, uh, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> if you if you want to follow any of his any of his information that he has about optimating at your highest level physically and mentally, go ahead and head over to theneurolifestyle.com and sign up for his newsletter so you can follow along with all of his different tips and uh, advice that he provides on improving your diet. Also, you can head over and follow him at Dr. Brady Salcedo on Instagram and, uh, and see what he's up to. So anyways, that's a wrap for this week's show. Thank you again for tuning in. I'm your host, Trevor Carlson. Oh, and one more thing. Go ahead and head over to theformulapodcast.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we will be sending out podcasts, uh, weekly tips on how to improve your daily routines, your mindset, uh, maybe some some money management or wealth tips, maybe some advice on uh, getting your first business off the ground or getting into a fitness routine. Uh, so yeah, head over there if that sounds like something that is interesting to you and you want to figure out how you can put together your own personal formula for health, wealth, happiness, or achievement. And we look forward to seeing you next time. This episode of The Formula was produced by Helix Academy and the music was provided by the artists known as Moods. Make sure and check them out on Facebook or Spotify. That's M-O-O-D-S.